Finally, that day came when she had to establish her own domain, but over his dominion, she had no reign. So one set out in pursuit of a higher fate and joined with two to form the third triumvirate. Journeys of departure branching into the unknown, but on these mics, this triad has found its home. In one accord, three she's offer you their counsel. Raise your frequencies to the Empress High Council. Great day, queens and kings, and welcome to the Empress High Council. Thank you for tuning in, and don't forget to hit the like, subscribe, and share button. Welcome, royal family, to the Empress High Council, episode And you can also follow us at Tri Empress on IG and Twitter. Once again, welcome to episode three. And in episode three, we're going to be talking about your exit strategy. But before we talk about your exit strategy, let me introduce you to something, something that's called FIRE, the FIRE community. We're about to introduce you guys to the FIRE community. That's F-I-R-E. That's Financial Independence Retire Early Community. And welcome, queens and kings of the Empress High Council to the FIRE community. So we're talking a little bit about your exit strategy today. And there are some fundamental and foundational principles that need to exist when you decide that you're going to leave your job and pursue your passion. The first thing you want to do is look at your budget. What do your monthly bills look like? Is there anything that you can cut back on? Cable? cell phone bill, gas, car insurance, even refinancing your car at a lower rate. You want to look at all of your expenses, your extracurricular activities. How often do you go to the movies? How often do you go out and eat with your friends? And how often do you get your hair and nails done? If you have children, you also want to look at the expenses that come along with your children and their extracurricular activities as well. You also want to look at the expenses of people who are dependent upon you. In addition to your student loans, your credit card bills, and of course, you do want to pull your credit report. You want to identify all those expenses. So after you've identified all those expenses, what are you supposed to do? Well, the first thing you do is you'll get out a sheet of paper, or you can use a spreadsheet and you want to identify five columns. In the first column, you want to put the title of the expense. For instance, rent will be in the first column. In the second column, it'll be the cost of the expense, $1,800. In the third column, it'll be the future cost of the expense. And in the fourth column, you're going to actually put the phone number of the payer. And in the fifth column, you're going to put a column for notes. After you identify all those expenses and the cost at the very bottom of the spreadsheet, What you're going to do is you're going to add up all those expenses and you're going to come up with an amount that you owe and are spending monthly. So just to recap, the first step is to identify your debt. Work on cutting the amount of the debt and expenses that you have hanging over your head. The next step in building your foundation of your exit strategy is to review your savings. You want to identify what your liquid net worth is. This is how much money you can get your hands on. This is a review of your personal checking, savings account, 401ks from every job that you've ever worked at, 
and left money in your retirement. Even if you work there and you don't recall or remember leaving money in your retirement, just call to double check. Sometimes people left about two, three thousand, five thousand dollars. I had one instance where a young lady thought she left about twenty-five thousand dollars in her retirement account at a particular job that she worked at, and she wound up having three hundred thousand dollars in there. So I hope that is word to the wise and food for thought for you to make sure that you call and check every company that you've ever worked at to see if you've left anything. The next thing you want to do is you want to check your personal investment accounts, your Roth IRAs, your traditional IRAs. You want to see how much money you have in total. And for those of you who do not know what an IRA stands for, it stands for Individual Retirement Account. You want to collect and gather all those statements to see how much money you have saved and available. Tally that up and create spreadsheet number two. Now, you want to compare the two amounts, but don't fret. It is still possible. You just need to employ a few strategies. But before we get to that, there are a few important things you need to consider. Health insurance cost, dental insurance, and life insurance. If you have or don't have children, having health insurance and life insurance during this time is a critical necessity that should not be overlooked. During this time, you should not, and I repeat, should not leave your most valuable asset unprotected. Anything, and I mean anything, can happen. You don't have to get the golden package, but a basic term life insurance solution and a basic medical insurance policy should take care of your business. Now back to your two spreadsheets. One spreadsheet has your expenses and the other spreadsheet has your liquid assets. That means cash that you can get your hands on. If your expenses are greater than your access to cash, don't worry, you can still get there. We just need a little more time to budget, save, pay off some debt, and cut down on a few expenses. Here's where you will have to make some decisions that will put you closer to your goal. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that, the alchemist. That was so informative, and I wish I had known that prior to leaving. One thing that I did do is I gave my car up. I traded my Benz truck in so I didn't have that expense over my head, and it hurts my heart to talk about that, but it's something that was a necessary thing to do so I wouldn't be drowning in debt. But I tapped into my tax-deferred annuity and left my pension alone. I would advise anyone planning their journey of departure to save up three months of living expenses to include all bills and leisure prior to withdrawing your TDA. If not, you'll be living off your credit card until the money comes, which is what I did. I'm not sure how things work in the private sector, but in the government sector, everything that should be simple is overcomplicated. First, you can't pull your TDA until you're removed from the payroll. So it's important to submit your paperwork early because you're technically competing with employees who are retiring and have been preparing for this moment for months in advance. And please note, whatever you've accumulated in your TDA, just know that when you withdraw it, you're only seeing half of that considering the taxes and penalties they'll hit you with for withdrawing before the retirement age. I also stopped taking my vacation and sick days for the year prior to my departure. I accumulated 90 vacation days and 60 sick. I received a full day's pay for the vacation days and half a day for each sick day. That was an additional $30,000 check after taxes. And I pulled all my mutual funds from all of my unions and other investments. Wow. 
Don't I feel like the loser? I Don't fret. <laughs> I didn't do any of those things. So I'm accustomed to putting money in my savings accounts. I have a Capital One online. I have a Bank of America savings. And I have a municipal credit union. So... All I did was look over my savings accounts mm -hmm. and checked my 401k and just knew I was going to be okay. I put together my daughter's activities, her expenses. I paid everything for the year. I paid my Con Ed bill. I paid my Keyspan bill. I paid my phone bill. And the only thing that I had to do was pay my mortgage on a monthly basis. I calculated my expenses for the year not for two years because I just knew that everything was going to be up and running by the end of 2017. Well, sounds to me like you did a great job. You did a lot of the things that we spoke about in, you know, moving millennials into the fire community and moving people our age, because we're not millennials, guys, <laughs> <laughs> moving people our age also as well into the fire community helping them to be able to pursue their passion and knowing how to exit and what their exit strategy should look like and in preparation for the exit strategy. And guys, don't fret. You may not be able to leave tomorrow, but you want to set a realistic goal so that you can leave within six months. Like Jazz Aphrodite said, she started not taking her vacation time so that she can accumulate that time so they can pay her out for it. You paid your stuff a year in advance. I paid off my student loans and my car just to make sure that we would not have to return to work. So we all did a little bit of each and everything here. Our needs were met. I just want to touch on something. For those who have a pension and you leave your job early, we're not sure what the state of the stock market will be in in 15 years from now, but I just want to footnote that if you took loans out against your pension prior to leaving, you don't have to pay them back immediately. The loans will go into default, but the default is with TRS and not a banking or money lending entity, so it doesn't show up on your credit report. It will accrue interest until you pay yourself back, Depending on how old you are when you leave, you have a significant amount of time to pay yourself back or not because it's your money anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. I tell people that all the time. It's better that you borrow from yourself. That's why you need to create a nest egg than you borrowing from someone else. So one of my clients needed to buy a new car. They had really bad credit. And I said, you have a TRS account and you have a TDA account. There's about $125,000 in there. Take out 15000 buy your car. You're going to wind up paying yourself back and pay the interest back. So instead of paying Chase or Chase Car Loan or whoever it was, they wind up owning their car free and clear. It came out of their check, plus they got to pay themselves back. So, guys, you have to be extremely smart about your money. There's a lot of vehicles out there. I would love for you to hit the likes and subscribe button and follow us on IG and Twitter so that we can continue to educate you on the resources that will move you head and shoulders above where you already are. Mm-hmm. And I really liked what you spoke about with the budgeting spreadsheet because I do have one that tracks all of my expenses against my monthly allowance because now I'm living on a fixed income. But that takes discipline. And some of us don't have that discipline. I don't have that discipline. And the question is, why don't you have that discipline? And Nadia, I'm glad you said that because you fall directly into this example that I'm about to give. And numerology explains this 
And just to recap for our new listeners, numerology is an ancient Egyptian and Babylonian science of numbers which branches into two distinct methods, Pythagorean, which is the Egyptian method, and Chaldean, which is the Babylonian method. The Pythagorean method deals with numbers 1 through 9 and is closely aligned to the alphabet where A is 1, B is 2, C is 3, and so on. The Chaldean method deals with numbers 1 through 8 only as the number 9 is seen as a sacred and holy number. Each of these numbers carries its own vibration and meaning. So last week we spoke about finding your life's purpose or your expression or destiny number, which is the sum total of your full name or your most active name. This week... We'll look at the individual numbers in your name. For instance, my first name, Jackie, has seven letters, the way I spell it. In Chaldean numerology, I have five ones in a seven-letter name. So even though my birth date number is a two because I was born on the 20th, I have a sweet, receptive, and harmonious side. But the five ones in my first name indicate that I have a lot of boss, leadership, and masculine energy. On the other side of that, when we look at our full name, we also look for the numbers that are missing from our name to figure out our karmic lessons. The karmic lessons deal primarily with your areas of weakness and should not be confused with karmic debt, which is much, much harsher. In this case, we are looking to see if your name is missing the number eight. If you're using the Chaldean method, you're missing the letters F and P from your name. If you're using the Pythagorean method, you're missing the letters H, Q, and Z. So Nadia, you're missing those letters from your married name. You don't have any of those letters in your married name. So yes, you do have an eight karmic lesson. However, if you're born on the eighth, the 17th, or the 26th of the month, or your full name equals the number eight, you counteract that karmic lesson. So what does the eight karmic lesson mean? The eight karmic lesson means that you can attract a considerable amount of money and even be a good business person, but you experience major ups and downs in your financial affairs due largely to your lack of caution in handling your resources. And this is so because the number eight is aligned with the planet Saturn. And Saturn is the planet of limitations, structures, boundaries, and practicality. It governs our careers and ambitions, but it brings hardships that cause us to strive even harder for our outcomes or financial goals. Girl, I got a headache. <laughs> Listen, I'm married to somebody who's missing the eight. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because my last three boyfriends, including this current one, all have eight karmic lessons. Yeah. All of them have eight karmic wow. lessons. Yeah. And I'm married to a boss. And he's missing an eight. So wow. that's um, that's a lot of boss energy. You can't tell him nothing, and he's missing an eight. So the boss does whatever he want to do with the money, even though I know better. And even though he can't manage it. Nope. And my daughter, Zoe, is born on the 26th. So she has the eight energy, so she should be good. She should be good, because it counteracts it. Okay. It's what she's missing. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is That's deep. amazing. I love it. What am I missing, Jackie? What am I missing? Let me see. What, what, what? So should I drop Collins and go back to Thomas? <laughs> You'll get your eight back. <laughs> That's funny. You'll get your eight back. You that, know, that is hilarious. It's real funny how, now that you think about it, I used to be on top of those things. And I guess being married 
it's like I just leaned on my partner, not realizing the shift mm-hmm. and the energy vibration that Not I was the playing. name, right? Not the name. It's serious. Wow. It's deep. And I wanted to show you guys something that just blows my mind I'm all, ready for all it. of the time. And I wanted to use this individual because he I'm, is such a stellar businessman. Stellar businessman. Can I clap? Can I clap? You can clap. Guys, I've been waiting for this for six or seven weeks because we knew it was going to be this episode. So we have been waiting for this. This is going to blow your mind. I hope that everyone is listening and we are ready. So Jay-Z, Mr. Sean Carter, is born on the 4th of December. And he is a four. And four people are people born on the 4th, the 13th, the 22nd, or the 31st. Number fours have a distinct character of their own. They create order and stability, and they have a conventional approach to the way that they work by establishing systems and structures. Hence, the Blueprint album, even though KRS did come out with the Blueprint album first, but nonetheless. They are inventive visionaries and loners who gravitate towards things that are odd and unusual. And they have a different and distinct voice that is appealing to the opposite sex. So Jay-Z's voice is very different, and our alchemist's voice is very different and distinct. They appear to view everything from an opposite angle to everyone else. So in an argument, they will always take the opposite side, which brings about opposition, making a great number of secret enemies who always try to work against them. So they are seldom as successful in worldly or material matters as other numbers. But when they do acquire wealth, as in the case of Jay-Z, they'll always surprise you by the way they invest their wealth. It makes a lot of sense when you talk about his partnership with Roger Goodell of the NFL, which shocked all of the Kaepernick supporters. So we see him at the table in the press conference saying, I think we passed the kneeling. (laughs) And everybody's looking at him like, really, Jay? Are we past the kneeling? But nobody's saying anything because he's such a boss executive. And why is he a boss executive? Because the name Jay-Z on the Chaldean side equals a 10, which is the Wheel of Fortune in Tarot. So that means honor, faith, self-confidence. His name will be known for good or evil depending on his intentions, but all of his plans will be carried out. On the Pythagorean side, and this is the part that blows my mind all the time, it equals the number 17. And 17 is known as the Star of Magi, which is the star card in tarot. And 17 is a highly spiritual number, and it expresses the symbolism of the eight-pointed star of Venus. It's a symbol of peace and love. It's called the path of realization and reward of the righteous. The person representing 17 has risen superior in spirit to his trials, tribulations, and difficulties in his life and in his career, and is considered an immortal number because that person's name will live on way after they've passed, which is why he's always talking about generational wealth. Tell me more, Jackie. Can you change my name, please, Jackie? Can you please change my name? It gets better. So 17 is a number of executive ability and carries the power of financial success. The 17 person deals with things in a wise and concrete manner. Then we have his name, Hova. 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 Exactly. See what you just did? Which is a 19 in both the Chaldean and Pythagorean methods. 19 is the sun card in tarot. 
and that means fortunate and extremely favorable promises happiness, success, esteem, and future plans. I'm changing my last name to Hova. So just imagine the vibration when he has a concert and the whole stadium is like, Hova. You just pulled the words out of my mouth, Enricha. Wow. You just pulled the words out of my mouth. The thing that we don't realize about names is that it has to be called. And the more fame and recognition a person has, the greater the power of that name. And you know, in the Caribbean, they tell you, be careful where your name is, Chiran, you know. <laughs> Listen, they tell you that in the South, too. <laughs> the only time that got screwed up is somehow in Brooklyn in the 90s. The, the 80s and the 90s, that got mixed. But you know what? They said they called the daughter Alexis and Mercedes. I don't know. You know, peace Sh- out. Shout out to the Alexis, the Alexis's and the Mercedes out there in the world. <laughs> Shout out to they the Shaquanas. The Shaquanas, because they still calling your name just like they calling a hova. Mercedes, <laughs> BB, Mercedes, Mercedes. <laughs> So, shout out to y'all. Shout right out to y'all. But guys, this is really amazing, Jackie. I I always just love this piece, and and I really love and appreciate what you do, because that just just resonates me with me. I get goosebumps, and I be like, I need to change something about me. What is it that I need to change? I need to change my name. Mm -hmm. Alchemist! 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 You know, I'm like, I need to change my name. I I want that vibration. That's what I'm saying. And that's why people need to pay attention to what they're naming their children. Stop giving your children these spiritually deficient names. Wow, you just hit the nail on the head. She says spiritually deficient, ladies and gentlemen. Guys, before you have your next baby, you better call Jazz Aphrodite and figure out what you need to name your child to make sure that they are spiritually sufficient, successful, make sure that they have that star of magic, make sure they're successful in all their worldly matters and don't have any secret haters out there. Honor, faith, and self-confidence. That's right, and financial success. Back to Jay-Z, it's just simply brilliant, his play and understanding of his numbers. Because four is not considered to be a fortunate number in numerology, but because he has the 17, 8, and the 10, 1 driving his name, he's powerful. I have a whole new respect for Jay-Z. I really do. Now, Jackie, where can our listeners get in touch with you? They can hit me up at the Tri Empress that we gave on the IG and the Twitter. But if you want to get to me directly, you can go to my site, which is the JackieLevine.com or JazzAphrodite.com. And that's J-A-Z, only one Z, A-F-R-O-D-I-T-E. Listen, guys, I thought this was just such a wonderful episode. I had a great time talking about Jay-Z and just making sure that we understand some financial concepts and also be able to use someone that we all know to be able to put those financial concepts into place and look at money kind of differently. So, guys, I just want to thank you so much for tuning in to the Empress High Council once again. And please don't forget to hit the like, subscribe, and share button and follow us at Try Empress on IG and Twitter. And remember, as we always say, we're going to leave you with this one statement. Don't Don't take take swimming swimming lessons lessons from from drowning people. people.